Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. All right. Welcome. Howdy, howdy. Prodigal and the Priest coming, coming at you on this. What day do we release these things? Wednesday. 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 Yeah. So we're actually recording this a special time Ooh. on Sunday in mm. between um, kind of our responsibilities from our <laughs> Sabbath. Right? Right. So most people have a Sabbath, which is great for them. Um, we, Must be nice. Yes, exactly. You had some masses today. I did some live stream, going to do youth group, all that stuff. Um, yeah, we've kind of like changed our Sabbath to other days yeah right yeah no yeah i don't know you don't say that too convincing i'm trying to there you go (laughs) trying to muster up the the confidence in my tone and then normally on tuesday we record but what are you going to be doing tuesday tuesday i'm visiting some family nice bermuda out of town in the triangle bermuda staying in texas okay Nice. Going down to San Antonio. I've got some some kinfolk down there. They're probably still mad at me for that San Antonio comment. <laughs> I don't even remember the San Antonio comment. You don't remember after like my family went to San Antonio? I was like, oh, and then yeah, you were like trash like, city. No, 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 no. I said it was dirty. <laughs> way different. <laughs> way different than trash. Okay, so yeah, I'll I'll see what I think. I've been down there a couple times. I never thought dirty. We we had this exact same discussion before. Yes, yeah, so I, I remember let's, now. Let's not bore our, bore our, uh, audience with that, right? So, right. and then you have golf on in the <laughs> yeah, other corner I of may, the screen. I may or may not be watching the Masters out of the corner of my eye. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday at the, the Masters. Masters. Who are you rooting exciting. for? Well, I think it'd be pretty cool if Matsuyama won. Why? Because he's never won, but he's a very good player. <laughs> I mean, he's he's one. He was number two in the world for a while, but uh, Japanese, right? It's kind of weird not having Tiger. Yeah, it is. I was just we were just talking about this. I was saying, I mean, do you think he'll play? Will he play again? I we don't know, uh, right? Yeah, I don't think we know. I haven't kept up with it real close since like the early days after his accident. But I know, like, they, they were just fighting for some sort of stability. Mm-hmm. Uh, there yeah yeah it's kind of so. crazy um yeah, i don't know it'll definitely be interesting so <clears throat> my kids are in a soccer league mm-hmm. and france four dom's eight and luckily this is actually a christian league in Carrollton. oh uh, yeah i was and wondering if you're going to go this direction in what direction we'll see <laughs> <laughs> Before practice, um, this Christian league actually comes around and does little kind of Bible um, stories, Bible things with them, right? Mm -hmm. Why are the Christians, and we're Christian too, I get it, but I'm talking about non-Catholic Christians, right? Why are they so better at evangelizing? (laughs) And sharing oh. specifically the gospel message than us. Yeah, it's not the direction I thought at all. I want to hear, though, the direction that you 
wanted me to go. I thought you were going to say, and thankfully, because they're in a Christian league, they don't play on Sundays, but I know a lot of parents who are mm. conflicted um, between, you know, this sport that my child is very good at and could have a future in and could right. get a scholarship in, but they play on the Sabbath because we were just talking about the Sabbath at the beginning. True. Um, Interesting you bring that up. My parents would not allow me to attend practice on, on Sundays. Now, really? at that time, wow. there was no That's games, but on Sundays. So mm. I didn't I never had to worry about games. But yeah. they made it very clear to the coach, he's Sunday's a family day. Not even so much. I, a, a I love my parents. Day, but I love my yeah. parents. I don't know if they family. were like, yeah. Really. I mean, and part of that family day was going to mass right. as a family. So there was definitely the God portion. But um, I, I'll be honest, at the time, I resented my parents for it. Oh, yeah, greatly. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I mean, I what's, too. what's your thought on that before we go to why Christians are better than Catholics? Ooh, I don't know. It's a... <laughs> It's a tough thing, right? Like, I mean, would you like do I, it? I want to say, I want to say, that's fantastic that they wouldn't let you uh, play in, you know, go to practice on Sundays. Right. And I want to say I would do the same thing, but I know that there's, it's, it's a tough thing. Um, like I, I read the story of Sandy Koufax when I was when I was younger, mm. and I always thought his story, like he didn't pitch in in a pivotal game in the World Series because it was on the Sabbath, right? He's Jewish. Um, you know, it I, was on, I've never heard that story. It was on a Saturday. I don't know if it was World Series or playoffs, but it was some really important game. Mm. And he was such a an ace pitcher, mm-hmm. like just a legend. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's it's kind of like a, uh, what's, what's that movie about running? <laughs> it's kind of like that guy. <laughs> the movie about <laughs> you know running? What I'm about. No. Yeah, like the British people running. Um and the that, British people <laughs> running? Scottish guy, yeah. Uh, everybody who's listening right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. This Chari- is a Chariots famous... of Fire. Oh, I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Chariots of Fire. It's the same thing okay. that that uh, Calvinist guy does. Um, mm. He's like the best sprinter, uh, but he won't do it. And I think that there's something really powerful and that we have to like respect and be challenged by that and not just go like, oh, yeah, well, you know, nice for them. Um, yeah. So I'd like to say I would be like that, but I'm not in that position exactly. Um, mm. Yeah, it would take us into an, another topic, I think. Go um, ahead. Yeah. We're I just going to run with it? Yeah, run with it. We'll put the uh, the Fran, the Dom and Fran we'll put, uh, soccer I mean, league. It, it, it kind of goes into it. Like they're not going to schedule them on a Sunday. Well, and yeah, no, it's, and it's because of bearing witness to the gospel, right? I, I would hope so. Probably right now somebody's probably. like, we're in that same Christian league and we have practice on Sunday. You know, I don't know. <laughs> that could be the case, but I, I need to, I'll need to look that up to verify it before I give them too much yeah. credit. But it is an interesting idea. But really what that boils down to is saying that Jesus Christ and what he did in our lives has that much witness that we're yeah. willing to sacrifice other things for it. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think the majority of... I mean, what percentage nowadays is willing to do that? Mm-hmm. We're not willing to do it with other smaller things than that. I mean, we struggled to give one hour. Right, right. Right, isn't that why we we kind of had, uh, I don't know if it's an argument, but we, we debate often about the live stream, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. even something of the good of that, yeah. of sharing the gospel message, is it a... 
um, stumbling block for some people to just say, ah, I'll just watch mass today. Yeah. To see it as a, as a substitute or an alternative. Um, I mean, the, I don't think the church has, has done a great job catechizing on that. Um, this last year I've tried to bring it up a couple times, but it's, it's kind of a, I, I understand why the church hasn't spoken out clearly about it. Right. Which is, uh, have that everyone's in such a different position. So I'll just give you my thoughts on it and yeah. if maybe it'll it'll reopen old debates. But <laughs> I think we've I think we've found a lot of common ground on it actually. Yeah. Um so my concern early on with, with investing into live stream equipment and stuff like that is are we gonna set ourselves up for creating this whole other thing where now there's a you know, people may get more comfortable at home. Um I think what we're seeing after a year, and certainly what I see with just tons of people coming back after Easter, uh, I talked to several people after Mass today who said it was their first time. Mm. Um, and we're getting and, that a lot and a lot more. Like a- every week we're getting more and more yeah, people that yeah, say. Yeah, every week it's it's still happening. So I mean, gosh, 10 a.m., just real little side note, 10 a.m. on Easter day, which me and my family attended, there was like 607 people in the courtyard. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was that awesome. That crazy. And like, I, I think two of the people that I talked to after after Mass today mentioned what a lifeline the live stream was for them over the mm. course of this year. They were older. Uh, they had quarantined very, very strongly. They were right. waiting until they were vaccinated. And then there was like lag time after that. And just conditions had to be right for them to, to feel comfortable coming back to church. And the live stream was huge for them. Yeah. It kept them connected to us. It kept them connected to their faith. They like it it really was a, an immense gift. Right. And so I'm I'm very happy to see that. I also talk with other people uh who don't really need to stay home. Like they're pretty much living life as normal. Going to restaurants, you mean doing other things. Yeah. They're not quarantining. Hard. Yeah, they're they're not quarantining really at all it's just you know sometimes you're tired or you're busy or you have people over and they'll say like oh yeah well you know i thought i'd just catch the live stream or they'll watch it later or sometimes they'll be like oh i meant to but i just kind of got tired to towards the end of the day but i I watch it the next day so that's okay and like (laughs) i i have to have this conversation with them that like right look for those who can't come the live stream is beautiful gift um it also makes a lot of other good things available to us like the fact that we can record our homilies and put them on our youtube channel and and connect with people who aren't even in the state like there's a lot of good that comes from there but it's not a substitute for attending mass in person and so if you can like okay I'm not the bishop of our diocese or the bishop of any diocese or anything. <laughs> I was like, just our diocese? Yeah, but or... the neighboring diocese. <laughs> Is this a declaration? <laughs> yeah, you know assignments are coming out soon. That's right. <laughs> I just want no. to prep you. No, I, ju- I just want to say, like, look. Um, that's... Right, because technically the obligation is yeah. still removed in the so, diocese and, of Dallas. And I think that's 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 a very, like, carefully thought out thing by our bishop and when to bring it back and... Right. I'm not really speaking to that at all. Like the the legal obligation, right, um, is already something that's not well understood. Right. Um, and I think if it was better understood, uh, we wouldn't have lifted the obligation to begin with because 
you're not obliged to do what's impossible. If you are sick, <laughs> or if you're taking care of someone who's sick, or if you have good reason not to fulfill that obligation, like the good reason actually means the obligation doesn't bind. That's just how law works in general. Right. And it's how it works specifically with this. My grandma fell when I was um, uh, going to pick her up for mass, um, and I didn't have anything to do with with her fall, but I always feel like I always set it up wrong when I tell <laughs> like, the story. Like, like what? You, she, like, she'd fall in a, and then on I a got, walker and you just kick out the corner or something. This is your like, pre-conversion day. <laughs> no, it's just this a, wasn't like last weekend. Either. No, it was okay. years ago. I was a seminarian still. And I, I went to go pick her up and I found that she had fallen down and she'd mm. hurt herself. And in so, Bermuda? No, in, in Houston. In Houston. And Sorry. So Houston. I, I had to like, call an ambulance and go with her to the hospital uh, i think i drove in a car is a long time ago but um i was a seminarian so i felt the sunday obligation as a very strong thing mm-hmm. but i didn't go to mass that day and i was like mm. like I, I know the theology of this still feels wrong right but i knew that the law of charity supersedes yeah um the obligation to go to mass so when you're taking care of someone like that um, or when you have another good reason that actually uh, is a good enough reason, that's where it gets gray like area. A game, and it's, like a sports game, yeah, on, exactly. On, on like Sunday. that, yeah. Like me staying home to watch the Masters <laughs> all day, um, not make my game, but you know, I've got to got to watch it real time, <laughs> real time. Anyway, so that's that's a long kind of side note about the obligation, but the point is like. That we don't have a legal obligation set by the church to go to Sunday Mass right now in our diocese. There are other dioceses that are lifting that already mm-hmm. or reinstating it. Um, that doesn't really, that's like a, that's one layer to it. But it doesn't really speak to like our need to be part of a community physically and our need to physically be present for the sacraments right. and our need to receive that grace to grow in holiness and to to fortify us against temptation and just like we need this. Um, so let me, whether we have a legal obligation or not, if right. we're able to go, we really need it. And that's what I'm telling people now. Like at this point, you need to go if you can within reason, understanding what can means yeah. there. Um, and so if you're normally going to mass and then you just decide, you know, having kind of a tired day, I'd rather <laughs> sleep in. Right. And catch the live stream. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what, I've been going to Mass, but the sound in the church is echoey, and I really like the crystal clear quality mm. of the live stream sound. Those stream operators. And Dolby, just... ultra digital, whatever okay, those things are. not Dolby, ultra digital. <laughs> just they have nice speakers in their home. Right. Yeah. So, like, that's... So so that's where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Um, I early on was worried about that happening, and so I reacted kind of strongly against right. us getting into the live stream game quite like we have. But but it's funny because, I mean, I think Protestant churches are laughing at us because they've all been doing this for years upon years upon years, even though people have been coming to their church to record their message, share their message. Yeah. Just another way that, like how many times have I gone home and been like, I heard a great homily from Father Henry. And uh, <laughs> I'm just, I love Father Henry. He does give great messages, he but does. I just wanted to throw shade to you. So yeah. I heard a great message from you or Father, Father Henry or Father um, Edwin or somebody, right? And said, oh man, I wish... 
I wish I could share that out. I wish I could share that mm, experience. Yeah. You know, I think that, I think that's what we're gaining in this. And I do hope not just because we invested time and money to that. I, I do believe it is a current way to evangelize. Yeah. And I hope we do keep it long-term for that. But you are right. I think it goes back to, and my big question is, were those people though, before when they felt tired or any of that, were they really coming then or were they not going at all? Yeah. So I'm setting it up as this is a temptation. You're saying this might actually keep them a little bit more connected than they would have otherwise. I think so. I mean, it's sad to say. I, I bet there's, I bet there's both of those situations. There, there probably is both of those situations, but let me ask this cause it goes into a little bit of interesting discussions I have with young families. So under the age of reason, mm-hmm. is it important they go to mass? Mm. <laughs> have you ever been asked this question? No, I actually have never thought of it. I mean, yes, obviously it is, but the why wouldn't have to do with it being a, a mortal sin if they didn't because they went against the obligation because they're under the age of reason. Right. So there's that, but they're also, they're not the ones responsible for getting themselves to mass uh, True. when they're under the age of reason. So right. yes, definitely. But maybe that's, I would hold that up as one more example of why like the Sunday obligation as a legal thing mm-hmm. instated is a very sort of, uh, low bar that's that's the wrong way to put it. it's it's a very sort of minimalistic mm-hmm. perspective on why we go to mass on sunday right it's important right it's a thing at least when it's a thing it's a thing right. um, so l- let's clear up a few things because we kind of dove into this topic the sabbath because we we're unprepared and we just came in and said we're going to do a podcast but um because i'm going on vacation because you're week. going on vacation <laughs> so and schedule's thrown on off. my busiest day of the week i have to sit <laughs> anyway so um two things that pop into my head then why is one of the precepts of the church that you only need to receive communion once a year if it's Ooh, so important okay. good good <laughs> i mean because really what you're saying to those people is you need to be here not just to be here and part of the community but to receive jesus right yes but I do, I do want to draw a distinction. Good, um, because I do struggle with that precept. I yeah. wish it said, "You." I wish there was just like a little parenthesis underneath or an asterisk that said, "But you really should every week." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Jesus Christ gave us His body and blood. You know, and we say once a year. And just so you know, so as Catholics, we say one of the precepts of the church is that. Mm-hmm. You need to receive communion at least once a year during the Easter, Easter season. season. Normally. Normally. If you can't, like right. last year, I don't think many people were able right. to receive communion during the Easter season last year. So, so I think that's strange. an important distinction. Many people don't know the precepts, yeah. but I want to bring it up because I think it's a good convo to say, okay, well, what I hear is we should be going because through that, through that screen, mm-hmm. you don't get Jesus. Mm. You can do a spiritual act of communion, which we put up on the screen. Right. But you do, you're not receiving his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Yeah, no. There's a lot of distinctions to make here. That's that's a really, it's a really fun, important topic. Should probably so what, say important rather than fun. Um, fun. Such a fun topic that <laughs> people are going to be the like, precepts. "What are you saying?" <laughs> um, yeah. So precepts are the low bar again, 
right? They're not describing the fullness of discipleship. That's one thing. They're mm-hmm. just saying like these are sort of like bare minimum expectations um, yeah. of being a member of the Catholic Church, which we are by our baptism. So that's one thing. Um, which probably only one out of every 10 Catholics could even tell you the precepts if that. I always forget the fourth one. Yeah. So I'm not I know. that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the 10%. I am the 90%. Um, so that's, that's one distinction. Another is uh, what happens when we want to receive the Eucharist but can't. That's what an act of spiritual communion is. It's the desire to receive what we can't be there physically for. Mm. And... Um, it's a it's a beautiful spiritual practice and and longstanding tradition in our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, some saints have really emphasized it heavily, like uh, Saint Alphonsus de Liguori, for instance, talked about spiritual communion a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about it as like, I kind of wish I could be at the wedding banquet of the Lamb all day every day, <laughs> um, mm. but I can't go to mass that often. And the current law of the church only permits us to receive the Eucharist twice in one day. As a priest. Um, no, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, not as a priest. Were, were you talking, though, I, was he talking back then before? Like, he I, was a priest, right? He, he was, yeah, he was a priest. But that's kind okay. of besides okay, the point okay, for okay, this. Okay, okay. It's, um, the point is rather, like, he identifies, this is the best thing, this side of heaven, mm-hmm. right? Uh, going to Mass, receiving the Eucharist. He says, I wish I could do this all the time, but I can't do it all all the time Mm -hmm. so when i'm not here um and i have this desire well i think that god is so good that he fulfills that desire in some invisible way Mm. Um, and that's what spiritual communion is it's it's the desire to receive communion um but the inability to do so for some reason. And so it applies to people who are at home in quarantine. It applies to people who are in prison or uh, stranded on a cruise ship or I don't know. Like, Could it for, apply to the person in the church in mortal sin? Yes. That's a slightly different thing. Okay. So um, we believe that you receive this in, in some invisible way, this grace of the sacrament through that desire. But for someone who's in who's in mortal sin, it's rather a des, it's a desire to receive the Eucharist, which necessitates it entails a a conversion first, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like for that person, um, we believe that God provides this grace of conversion in that moment, mm-hmm. right? That it's still a good desire, right? That everyone everywhere should basically be making an act of spiritual communion. Um, when they think about what the beauty of the Eucharist, the beauty of the Eucharist, their desire to be close to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And if I'm in the state of grace, um, I can believe that there is a certain, certain fulfillment of that desire, even invisibly. And because it's invisible, it's imperfectly right. Right. Um, because we're body and soul. Um, if, if what my desire looks like is actually, you know, that I get to a state where I can receive the Eucharist, right? Then it's it's really desiring those things to happen, right? This conversion, this sometimes people are in marriage situations that can make it so that they can't receive the Eucharist, and right? So, so that same act of spiritual communion is is entailing this desire for like that the situation change somehow that they're able to 
the God who can untie all knots, right, is able to show them a path uh, through. So that's another distinction. There was mm. a third. Oh, the the last one. I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit. No, but, I like it. But the third distinction based on what you said, um, it is a good and a necessary thing for us to go to Mass even if we're not able to receive the Eucharist. Um, that's comes as kind of strange and mm-hmm. right because we identify the mass as the place where we get the eucharist but there's a value to the mass that goes beyond our reception of the eucharist that is the the reception of the eucharist is the uh pinnacle it's certainly like Source the and summit. biggest thing um but if we're not able to right like say somebody say somebody committed a grave sin they did something on purpose Mm-hmm. Um, that they knew was grave and they weren't able to go to uh, confession. Should they skip Sunday then? Right. No. They should come to Mass and that will become for them an occasion to receive the graces necessary to convert and to amend their life and just on the human side of things also uh, continue to build the habit of entrusting themselves over to the Lord. Mm. Um but there is a there's a value to a to being at mass, participating at mass, offering yourself at mass, which is what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, with our baptismal priesthood, make an offering of ourself, um, and that offering is joined together with the offering, uh, the perfect offering of Jesus Christ. Um, and so, there's an immense value to us going to mass, an immense importance. That we mm-hmm. go to mass, uh, even if we're not able to receive communion, and for that reason, like I know that there were places. Thankfully, our diocese wasn't one of them, but I know that there were places that, and I think even historically, this probably happened, like during the plague with Saint Charles Borromeo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that they would distribute communion at the masses, but they would still have mass, mm. and people would show up. Because they knew that God was working in that moment in a way that he wasn't. Right. Like that this was something immensely important. And so the practice, I guess this is the one final sort of footnote, um, but the practice of frequent reception of Holy Communion is very recent in the history of the church. Mm -hmm. Um, By very recent, I mean last hundred years. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just this year, we instituted. Very recent. (laughs) But um, that means that like these these really great saints in the middle Mm -hmm. ages um, and in sort of Renaissance times and like, and patristic times and just, it wasn't a normal thing to receive communion every day. You can find some saints who did um, and they got special permission to, but it wasn't a normal practice. Now the popes have, have been saying more and more that this is a good thing. We should do this more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not saying that's a bad thing that we receive communion so much right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying it's a it's a bit unique in the history of the church. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's a lot there. Man. You can put all those pieces together. Yeah. Now that I've made all the distinct distinctions. So, you have a child. Y- you, I don't. You but. don't. <laughs> Hypothetically, you have a child. Oh, okay. And they really have a shot. I mean, I'm not just talking, you know, I'm just not saying fluff like here. They have a shot to be a professional golfer. Yeah. I think golf tournaments especially. Oh, they have to end on Sunday. Right. 
Unless it's rained out or something. So what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> have we answered any question no, during this episode? I don't think episode? we have. Like it's 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 really hard. I I really want to be able to say like the better path is to not pursue that. But I don't want to come off as as if I'm saying, you know, it's forbidden to everyone listening to right. to do anything on that's not how you observe the Sabbath anyway. Like golf is golf is actually can be a really good thing, mm-hmm. really good way of engaging the the leisure side of the Sabbath. Right. Um not if you're skipping mass to go play golf. Right. <laughs> or not if golf turns the day into somehow this like burden or work or away from family or something like mm-hmm. like just this okay so this is coming out on wednesday later tonight <laughs> we have wednesday later wednesday night mm-hmm. we have uh, our cultivate talk for this month and it's on the sabbath uh, naomi's giving it you can check it out on our on our website yeah. um it's gonna be great i've talked a lot with her over this last year we've been reading similar things um it's become kind of kind of a a real deep interest and a challenge for me personally. Mm-hmm. And so I've got plenty of thoughts on this. Um, but a lot of it boils down because people want to know what am I allowed to do? What am I not allowed to do? You're allowed to do a lot. Um, but that's kind of the wrong way to look at it. That's looking at it. Am I obliged to go to mass or right. am I not obliged right now? Like what I try and do and what I've found to be very fruitful and what I would advise for everyone listening is that you only try, you only do the two following types of things on Sunday, if you can at all help it. Um, and the more you do these things and the more you cut out other things, the more fruitful this practice of Sabbath becomes. Worship is one category, and that includes Sunday Mass as its source and summit, pinnacle, but it also includes prayer, more broadly speaking, prayer right. at home, mm-hmm. prayer as a family, mm-hmm. reading the scriptures, so worship and rest is the other. And you have to understand both of those words right. Rest doesn't mean laying on the couch all day, <laughs> right? That We know that's not restful. We right. think it's going to be right. every time, but we know it's not that restful. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. you can't watch the mo- the. The masters, the masters, the masters, the masters, or something like that. Right. But it does mean that, like, rest for us tends to have a more active quality to it, mm-hmm. where it's something that is authentic leisure as opposed to uh, an absence of activity, mm-hmm. and so. Doing something like a puzzle or going for a walk or reading, I don't know. <laughs> a puzzle. I like puzzles. I know. I, I, yeah, um, sure. I was but, just caught off guard. Like, I was like going for, like, yeah, definitely the going for a walk thing. I was like, yeah, a puzzle. Reading a book, even something like watching a movie with family. But I've found that um, I'm turning this into a whole nother talk and trying to upstage Naomi right now. But, yeah. Um, I can tell. But I have found Good thing that she's not a listener. Digital, <laughs> digital aestheticism. Right, trying to retreat as much as possible right. from technology um, greatly assists living at the Sabbath as a day set apart for rest and for worship, for mm-hmm. leisure and for worship. So that's that's a basic sort of just <laughs> um, flowchart approach. <laughs> so, um, but somebody but, says, "Yeah, well, I always baseball. we make it a priority 
that before my son's, you know, our daughter's tournament or this or that, like mm. the mass is, you know, key. But yeah. then the rest of the day, you know, like there's, there's a, it, it's interesting there because yeah. the family is making something a priority, right? Like, right. I remember Nikki telling me about the fact that, you know, wherever her soccer tournaments and different things, like great news about being Catholic universal, they always found a, you know, a church, a place mm-hmm. to go to, all of that enter into. Um, it's a beautiful witness for the kids too to like right? have this thing, but say no, 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 that goes on hold while we find a place to go to mass. But going against both both of our loves for sports, think about it. Maybe end on this because we're already over. Yeah. When I think about athletes nowadays. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that jumps out that says they're a phenomenal athlete and all it costs to get them there and they're just as passionate about also spreading the message of Jesus Christ and the gospel? It's a really short list. If there's even a list, it's a really short list. Right. Um, And that's a thing. That's a a strong thing to consider. It would take us into another topic. Yeah, and it's not something to worry about. But it's worry us, but you know, it is something to say, you know, okay, we push our kid to do whatever it is, sports, ballet, this, whatever. Is it because at their point where they're now like famous in a musical or a ballet or sports or this, are they using that to spread the message of Jesus or if they lost all that in between? So, yeah, this goes back to one of the really early episodes we had grassroots. Uh, when we yeah. were just like starting right. up and yeah. on the rough we were mics. in a hut under a bridge somewhere <laughs> down just by the shanty. <laughs> just early days of the podcast um but it it's kind of like i don't know there is jp2 your 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 man my, your, my boy your man, your man jp2 says tremendous things about the importance of sports for building community and virtue and glorifying God Mm -hmm. in this arena of sports. And we've both experienced that growing up and still now sort of don't really play anything anymore, but but like, I like to think I do. I I (laughs) Um, used to be in a league. So there's that. But then we also, I think are both very familiar with the drive to be great at something which can make it into an idol. Mm. Um, and so when you look at, you know, how can you really be an NBA player, right? At that level, in that culture, which is not a culture that is uh, particularly gospel friendly. Um, it's not to say that there aren't people right. who believe, but right. like to you're, practice your right. faith in that yeah. environment when your entire day is really scripted around how you have to, to keep building and training your body and your mind and everything to mm-hmm. be focused mm-hmm. on greatness in this field. Yeah. Like how far can you go down that road while still putting God first? And it's a, I don't know. I, I would like to think they come together and you can glorify God completely. And yeah, in this, but I, I don't really see it except right. for that guy in that movie. <laughs> the Chariots of Fire movie. Oh, the Scottish like, guy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome for just confusing you for 35 minutes and not answering anything. Anything. On a um, Sunday. On a Sunday. Divine Mercy Sunday, nonetheless. Divine Mercy Sunday. Beautiful thing. Uh, 
No, I think it was it was kind of fitting that it was a Sunday in that topic. Yeah. You know, so, hey, enjoy your vacation. Thank you. It'll be great. I'll be here working. On behalf of uh, Joey Scancella, <laughs> Father Paul Bechter, want to say take care. God bless. Happy Sunday. <laughs>